The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. We've got the CEO of the Committee for Geelong on the line, Jennifer Cromarty. Good morning. Good morning, Mitchell. How are you? Not too bad, thank you, for a Tuesday, although uh, a little bit concerned we haven't seen the case numbers of COVID yet, but hopefully they're well and truly on the way. Yes, well, I don't know if we're focusing so much on case numbers anymore. I think we're looking at things like vaccination rates, hey? Well, that's true, we are, but I think they still guide the government in a way. Like, I think there's some hope that maybe regional Victoria will be, and the Premier actually said the words, out of lockdown uh, in his Mm. media conference on the weekend. I'm maybe even hoping that uh, they've seen the situation in the opposition and they're thinking this could be a good way to get a bit of attention by, I don't know, letting us out of lockdown in regional Victoria. That's my hope, at least, and maybe a bit cynical (laughs) on the way through as well. Oh, no, no. You can be cynical, Mitchell, that's fine. But I think in terms of regional restrictions easing, that is absolutely what we're hoping for. And, you know, I haven't obviously seen the data today either, but um, what I think we've done remarkably well in Victoria, as opposed to New South Wales, is contain, from what I can see, contain the Delta virus to the metropolitan area. So if you look at what happened in New South Wales, obviously it did spread to a lot of really quite vulnerable communities. And I think... If you look at the role, particularly in our region, that Bowen Health has played and, and the ability for our community to obviously test early, isolate early, I think, you know, we've been shown to be doing the right thing and also hopefully meaning that we can ease restrictions. So that is the thing I'm waiting for, Mitchell. Yeah, that's exactly right. And touch wood, and I said this yesterday, it doesn't seem like the virus spreads quite as rapidly here in Geelong. I don't know what your thoughts are, but in regional Victoria, it doesn't seem to spread as much. In Melbourne, you get one case in a location and it spreads, you know, for example, through some of those northern and western suburbs like wildfire. But here in Geelong, we've had that Bowen Head situation. We've had a couple of clusters pop up around Geelong, but they don't seem to spread like wildfire for some reason. I could be wrong and, you know, the next one that arrives here could spread, but we seem to be keeping a lid on numbers here. Yeah, and I suppose the only thing I can say is I'm not an epidemiologist and all of that, but more that we don't have the density, I suppose. So, you know, you might go to a supermarket in Melbourne and and I've got a daughter in Melbourne and there's obviously a lot more people, you know, she'll comment and say that even when she tries to go for a walk or a run, there are just people in all of those areas. Whereas, you know, I'd assume, you know, even if we go down the Bowen River, it wouldn't be as dense. So I think density is a big part of that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And uh, we should probably just ask you about the spill of the opposition leadership. I'm sure the committee would be happy to work with anyone. But I do remember going to a a dinner uh, run by the committee for Geelong a few years ago and Matthew Guy was the guest speaker. So presumably he has a, a reasonable relationship with the committee. I don't know. Yeah, and I well, I know Matthew and I know Michael, and um, you know it's always sad to see the politics of politics come on the front pages of the paper. But I think I, I just heard you comment about Michael O'Brien, and you know Michael is a really decent human being, and you know I've watched his press conferences, and obviously it's very difficult, may I say, for any opposition to get cut through during the pandemic. I mean, if you think about it, you know, what has Labor in New South Wales been doing? What has, mm. you know, the, the, the right-wing parties, whoever they may be in Queensland, <clears throat> you know, and also the federal Labor opposition? It's very, very difficult when there's a crisis for any opposition to get cut through because we are in crisis and people are worried about a whole range of things, not the politics of politics. So I suppose I'd say that as a caveat. Um, but no, Matthew Guy is a very different 
person to Michael O'Brien and I know he's got more of a reputation of being a bit more, let's say, um, you know, aggressive with some of the messaging. I think in opposition, that's always the difficulty is how do you find the balance between being attacking a government versus being the opposition that people might want to elect where they prefer, obviously, people perhaps to be more statesmanlike. So, very difficult job, but, you know, Matthew's a, a fantastic operator as well. And, yes, the committee does know, well, most of the politicians, we actually just had um, David Davis speak to a group of leaders for Geelong participants just the other day. So... We're in regular contact and obviously we don't get involved with the politics of the parties, yes. but, you know, happy to work with Matthew Guy, of course. Um, this morning, Matthew Guy, when he came out as the victor, he spoke about Victoria's best days lying ahead of it. And I mean, every politician says that, don't they? Because mm. they've got to sell hope. But I think he did tap into something because I think a lot of people like me included uh, think back to what we were before COVID and... We've had a lot of days in lockdown more than just about any other jurisdiction in the world. But uh, we do love this state. I love this state. I love things like the events and all the things that we're famous for. So there is a bit of hope that maybe when this is over, if it is ever over, we can return back to some of those things that we love about this state. Well, one would hope so. I mean, we're trying to look at, you know, what events and, and planning we can do for this coming up Christmas and summer period. Because in Geelong, we obviously have, you know, festival sales and the Cadell Evans bike race. And these are really, really pivotal kind of events for our tourism sector, but equally Christmas, you know, Christmas shopping. For memory, when I was working at the Retailers Association, you know, retail businesses do a vast majority of their trade over Christmas and most of the buying would have already occurred. So I can only feel for retail and, and the tourism sector at this time because we really need to be in a position where people are able to plan with confidence. So all, all fingers crossed, all hope being Victoria comes out of some sort of restriction in the next few weeks. They then get further eased. And my understanding is moving forward as the population is more vaccinated, which may I say, shout out to Geelong. Well done, the Bowen region for being, you know, the most, I think, first dose vaccinated in, in the state. We're getting over 70% already is that we are able to plan. And I think then really the conundrum is how do we run events? How do we check people's vaccination status? Is that what we're going to do? But we need to have the certainty. We absolutely need to have the certainty so businesses can plan, people can plan their lives and they do have hope. And, and I'm, I'm with you, Mitchell. I think it's a fan, fantastic place, can I say, in the world. I think Geelong is just a wonderful place to live and um, we just need to be able to see that we can get through this even if it is slightly different in the future. Now, you've got a Geelong SME Future Forum coming up, which is a fascinating topic of conversation because I think it goes directly to the heart of how business has been affected. And we've heard about a few businesses closing down, not in Geelong, but you know, the Melbourne Star Observation Wheel was one mm. and they've blamed COVID, whether it was that or other factors, I'm not sure. But um, the future of how SMEs are going to look in this region is something that everyone that cares about the future would be talking about. Yeah, so this was something I spoke to Brett Ince at the Tourism Greater Geelong in the Bellarine months ago. So we were going through, I think, I don't know whether it was lockdown five, six, um, but I remember at the time we had a really long conversation about the phone calls we were getting, the stories we were hearing and what could we do? Like obviously we support government providing, you know, um, cash payments and supports to businesses, but what our members were saying really clearly to us is we need certainty, we need clarity, we feel that, you know, often we're not given much notice, how do we actually plan for things in the future, how can we actually have a plan that says this is how we come out of lockdown. So even it's not the lockdowns as such, it's how do those restrictions ease in a consistent way. 
because this affects buying, this affects you know, staffing, this affects a whole range of things. So um, I wrote a paper that basically summed up what we felt was the situation. We thought we needed our members, and this also now includes the Geelong Chamber of Commerce. So it's Geelong Chamber of Commerce, Tourism Greater Geelong, the Ballerine and the Committee for Geelong, calling for this um, forum where we wanted all levels of government to come and hear from some of our members um, and, and Mitchell, our experience in the last 18 months has been government has asked us to come and hear and talk, but it's often very difficult to be heard in some of these forums. You're all online. It might be across the state. There might be 50, 60, 70 people on a, on a call. Um, what we felt was we needed to talk about Geelong specifically. We needed to get in front of our local polit- political representatives. So Senator Henderson's coming, Richard Miles, Libby Coker, the Mayor, Chris Cousins, Lisa Neville's sending representative, Darren Cheeseman's coming. So we've actually been able to get all the political representatives plus the members from the bureaucracy to hear from our members direct. So we've got some six to eight um, different businesses coming and they will be speaking, you know, five minutes each to talk about the experiences during COVID. We want to hear from government. Obviously, we're aware of, you know, some of the supports, but we want to come together as a Geelong community and say, what next? How can we work together? Yeah, you know, what does it mean to have a vaccinated population? How is that going to work in the Bowen region? Can we be a leader? Which I saw the front page of the Addy, but you know, it's talking about us being um, ahead in terms of vaccination. What does it mean? What does it mean for us? So I'm really looking forward to it. This is on Thursday this week. It's a invitation only private forum, but we will be talking publicly about some of the um, outcomes. A lot of people over the years say that they want the different groups of Geelong to come together and to lobby and advocate as one voice. So I think the fact that you're getting so many people on the same table is, I think, in and itself a really good start. Yeah, thanks. It's, um, well, notwithstanding, you know, Brett Ince from Tourism Organisation and Ben Flynn from the Chamber, we do talk really regularly behind the scenes. Um, and, and on that point, the Geelong Collective, which is a bigger group, which includes, you know, Brett, Ben, myself from the Committee for Geelong, Julia from G21, who you've got next, you know, Stefan Martin from the City of Greater Geelong and the Manufacturing Council. We've been meeting regularly over the last few months as well. And we do have a priority list that we're working on refining. And we actually have another meeting on Friday. So, there will be more sort of public statements, can I say, hopefully in the next month or two as we lead into that pre-election pre for the federal government and then obviously leading into the May budget period for the state government next year. So we are all working together, which is a key message I'd like to share with your listeners. And while there might be some, you know, argy-bargy behind the scenes, you know, certainly we want to come out with the key priorities and projects for the region in the coming months. But this SME forum, I felt, was about, and the Committee for Geelong doesn't traditionally represent small business as such, but we have a lot of members who do have, you know, links in and, and, and supports and contracts. And we have Truffle Duck and, and Lindsay Sharp from, you know, Jack Rabbit as members, the Peer, you know, Novotel. We've got businesses that are really, really strongly affected by the lockdown. So we thought if those three organisations are able to come together, um, you know, not only is it a chance for some of our members to be heard really clearly and in a forum where hopefully they feel that they can be really frank and fearless, but it also enables us to come out and plan for the future. And also, can I stay focused on what's happening in the city? Because while tourism is one part of our sector and a really important part, you know, the visitor economy with, you know, people travelling for business is basically non-existent, but we don't have workers coming back to the city. So we've also got a specific CBD 
business um, challenge as well. And we need to start thinking innovatively about our city. So all of those things coming together, um, it's great to hear that, that it's encouraging from your perspective, but you know, I think it's just essential that we have these conversations. And you've got to be thinking about what the advocacy priorities are as well, because you've got a state and federal election coming up next year. Uh, yes, so um, it's interesting. We've just actually at the Committee for Geelong, we were supposed to be in Canberra in late August, but we've had to do a series of about seven to eight meetings with federal MPs, both ministers and shadow ministers over the last few weeks. And I'm writing up all the notes from those meetings. But, you know, it's really important that when we do talk to the federal government and the state government, we are very, very clear on what our top priorities are. And um, we actually had an excellent discussion with Sarah Henderson yesterday about her feedback. So so our feedback from the Committee for Geelong to the Collective, we'll, we'll give that on Friday. I don't think there'd be any surprises saying that, you know, some of the key priorities will be around transport. We've got the Warren Ponds duplication at the moment out for consultation. That's fantastic. But we need to look at the Geelong South Geelong connection um, there's some big road projects that we absolutely need to get funded as, you know, Armstrong Creek and some of our growth areas are getting really pummeled with traffic. And I know we're in a lockdown, but this is a great time to actually build for the growth that is inevitably coming. Um, and there are some other projects like, I don't know if you've had anyone talk about the Geelong Gallery, but the Geelong Gallery is long overdue for a redevelopment, the idea that they could take on um, space at City Hall when City of Greater Geelong moves into their new building. This has been discussed for years and it's really important that, you know, as that business case is finalised, that we actually go and talk to both levels of government about getting funding for the Geelong Gallery. So there's some of the things that, you know, I, I would pretty much safely say will be coming out publicly and probably already have anyway. Now, you've got the Leaders for Geelong project presentation lunch coming up, uh, or was going to be a lunch. I think it's now been moved to an <laughs> online event uh, next week. But I know that there is one project that's very close to the Pulse and Diversitat's heart, and that is a Paco Festa online timeline. I know that team has been working very hard to get that project up and going, but there's a number of other projects that are often very inspiring to listen to about uh, what the future of Geelong might be and how we can improve the way we do things. Yeah, so it was really just a plug, a shameless plug, Mitchell, for our project presentation lunch. As you say, we're going online. Unfortunately, this is the second year we've had to do it online, but we'll be streaming live next week on the 15th of September. Um, we were actually a sellout for the lunch, but one good thing you can say about an online event is tickets are unlimited. So we're actually getting a great response. Um, we are charging for the event. We do incur costs when you go online. We've got a great production company working with us. But if people haven't attended before, this is a great opportunity. I think we had over 300 people online last year. But if you jump online and watch this um, uh, event, you will hear from groups of leaders for Geelong participants who are reporting on their projects, as you mentioned, um, Mitchell, that each year the leaders for Geelong participants are put into a group to work on resolving an issue predominantly for um, a not-for-profit, you know, with potentially a social issue. But Paco Festa is one absolutely close to my heart too. There's a few that are close to my heart. I think as a Geelong person, most of the projects would be seen as really important. But looking at Paco Festa, obviously they weren't able to run their event. I don't know what the plans are for next year, but really thinking about um, what we can do to tell the stories of multicultural Geelong. And I know the uh, Paco Festa did the projections earlier in this year. That was a 
brilliant initiative by Lula Fanara to have beautiful photos taken with audio of all those multicultural groups projected onto City Hall. And the Committee for Geelong was able to provide some sponsorship there because Paco Festa just tells such incredible stories and it's just one of those events that, you know, not having it on, just you sort of feel like there's a hole in your heart. But the Leaders for Geelong program, as you say, is looking at getting a lot more information online and I know that this is something that Paco Festa has been asked to do over the years, which is even getting materials up for schools because telling our multicultural story to our kids is so important. Yep, absolutely. And so that's one of the projects that you'll hear about if you can book your tickets for the project presentation event. Fantastic. And just last of all, very quickly, you had a meeting, I believe, with uh, Minister Ken Wyatt about constitutional recognition. Yeah, so I just wanted to um, just tell the, the listeners that the Committee for Geelong, while we had the meetings in federal government, we were able to take Wadawurrung, the traditional owner group, the registered Aboriginal party, to quite a few of our meetings, not just to Ken Wyatt, but that was to talk about cultural tourism, to talk about, you know, uh, identity, storytelling and the importance of engaging with Wadawurrung as we plan for the future. But the meeting with Ken Wyatt was one of the most remarkable meetings I've ever had, really, and Waterong was there and we talked about constitutional recognition and it's really just a call out to the people of Geelong and the Committee for Geelong will be thinking about what we might do in this space but Ken White said that it's really important for people all across Australia to talk to their local representatives to have a very strong voice around the need for constitutional recognition and unfortunately some elements of it has become I think misunderstood, potentially politicised but I think Geelong can form a view that we support constitutional recognition and that if we can actually push that through to our, you know, federal counterparts, um, my understanding is, and while people are thinking about the pandemic, this is one of the most important issues, I think, for the country to resolve and it would be wonderful to try and see some of those outcomes. Not sure if we can get things done before the election, unfortunately, but we need to be really clear in our voice and it was just an incredible conversation to be witness to between Wadawurrung and Ken White. Well, thanks so much for being on the program. Always good to catch up and talk to you again next month. Thanks, Mitchell. Jennifer Cromarty with us there, who is the CEO of the Committee for Geelong. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.